0: A funeral yesterday and a a family that doesn't necessarily attend this church, and they they needed someone to sing, and I called Miss Kristen and asked her if she would come, and she graciously volunteered just to come out. She didn't know the family either, really, and she just came out and ministered, and I appreciate appreciate that very, very much. You know, it dawned on me, one of the things we forgot to do, we forgot to welcome our visitors today. We have really got out of the, we got out of the, we got unsynced, didn't we? We have got re-synced again. And so, hey, listen, if you're visiting with us today, and we do have folks that are visiting today, if you're visiting with us today, I want to encourage you to do something. If you received a visitor's card, fill that visitor's card out the best that you can. And as you leave today, if you'll stop by the information desk as you leave today and give, and, and give your visitor's card or turn your visitor's card in, we have a book that we'd love to give you today. And uh, I wrote a book sometime back. It's called Knowing About Growing. And it's just a simple little read, but it's about growing in your Christian walk. And, and so as you leave today, if you'll give that book to our hospitality team member, we'd love to give you one of those books as uh, just a, a just saying thank you for being in the Lord's house today. I want you to take your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 45, if you would, Genesis chapter 45, when you find your places, if you're able to stand, let's all stand this morning, and we're going we're to begin in verse number 17, and we're going to read down through verse number 28. Now, we were uh, in Genesis 45. Some of you may, may remember we were in Genesis 45 last Sunday, uh, and, uh, but here we are, here we are again. And I want to just really, I'm going to be honest with you, more than a sermon, this is just a testimony, is really what this is, uh, more of a testimony this morning. And you'll know what I'm talking about when when we get done today. Genesis chapter 45, and look down with me, if you will, please, at verse number 17. The Bible says, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, this do ye, Laid your beasts, and go, get you unto the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households, And come unto me, and I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and ye shall eat the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, this do ye, take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father and come. Also regard not your stuff, for the good of all the land of Egypt is yours. And the children of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons. According to the commandment of Pharaoh, and gave them provision for the way. To all of them he gave each man changes of raiment. But to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. And to his father he sent after this manner 10 asses laden with the good things of Egypt and 10 she asses laden with corn and bread and meal for his father by the way. So he sent his brethren away and you may remember this verse from last Sunday. And they departed and he said unto them, see that ye fall not out. By the way, and they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them, oh my. And when he saw the wagons, which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. And Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. You may be seated this morning. I want to talk to you about that subject. The wagons are coming. The wagons are coming. I thought about entitling this when God loads your wagon. And it doesn't matter what the title is, I just want you to get I want you to get the truth of what we're going to talk about today. And I think this is a good time for me to remind this church family that the wagons are coming. All right, the wagons are coming. Hang in there. Don't get discouraged. Don't fall out by the way. Amen. The wagons are coming. All right. Let's pray this morning. We'll jump right into the Bible study today. Father, thank you for. The privilege to be back at Calvary. Thank you for your bountiful blessings upon this church and church family. And God, truly, you've been good to us. And we've literally, we've literally stood back and beheld your, your miracles. And God, we just thank you and praise you. To God be the glory. <laughs> oh my. Great things He hath done. God, I don't think there's anybody that can take credit for this ministry. And I don't think there's anybody that wants to. To God be the glory. Lord, this is evidence today that there is a God. And that God can build a church anywhere God wants to. Even in little Union Grove, North Carolina, North Iredell County. And so God, we give you praise today. And we thank you for your blessings. I pray you'll bless our discussion today. And God, maybe there is uh, someone watching today by way of live stream, and many of our people are probably, and we sure love them. But maybe there's somebody watching today and they don't know Christ as Savior. And I pray today would be that day they'd come to Jesus, open their heart and life to Him, allow Him to come in. And then, Lord, it could be there's somebody here today, in fact, it's very, very likely that there's someone here today that's a little discouraged. Maybe a little despondent because of this pandemic, because of layoff, because of job loss, because there's a family issue. Maybe there's a health affliction, and they're a little discouraged today. And so, Lord, somehow, somehow, could you use this little preacher to herald the Word of God and be a blessing in their life today? We ask you for your power, Father. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray you for his sake. And all God's people said, amen. Look, if you will, verse 26. The Bible says, and, and told him, saying, Joseph is, is yet alive. <laughs> Daddy, he's alive. And he's the governor over all the land of Egypt. Notice what the Bible says. And Jacob's heart fainted for he believed them not. And Jacob's heart fainted for he believed them not. It's the idea of trust. Jacob was having a hard time trusting what his sons were saying. I'm going to be honest. I think Jacob wanted to believe. And I think that probably the fact that all of his sons were no doubt telling him the same story in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. And I think as all of his sons were no doubt telling him the same story, I believe that Jacob wanted to believe what they were saying, yet Jacob just couldn't quite buy into what his boys were telling him. That is, until, until he saw the wagons coming. And all of a sudden when he looked over into the horizon, Man, I ain't got started yet, I'm about to have a spell already, church. Y'all, y'all better pray for your preacher this morning. And Jacob looks over into the horizon. He's, for all these years, he's thought that his boy is gone, his boy is dead. He's grieved. His heart has been broken. He's just about lost his life because his heart was so broken And he's trying his best to believe and yet he just can't find it within himself to believe what he's saying. But all of a sudden he looks over into the horizon and he sees the dust and then he sees that first wagon. And then he sees another wagon and another wagon and another wagon. And then he knows, you know what? This must be true. Everything changed when Jacob saw the wagons coming. Genesis forty five twenty seven, the Bible says, and they told him all the words of Joseph which he had said unto them. And, and when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the Bible says the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes we're the same way, aren't we? I really believe with all my heart that Jacob is probably a picture of you and me. We know from learning right here, the Old Testament is an illustration of New Testament truth. And, and I really believe as I read this story that, that Jacob is a picture of me, and Jacob is a picture of you. And, and sometimes we believe, but sometimes we're tempted to doubt. Now, I know there's nobody else like that in this room. But uh, you know, somebody said it, somebody said preaching, somebody said preaching is one doubter preaching to a whole lot of other doubters and trying to get them to believe in something. And that's true. And sometimes it's tempting to doubt. We're tempted to question. The songwriter said it like this, tempted and tried, we're oft made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long while there are others living about us, never molested though in the wrong. And sometimes we look at life and sometimes we... Look at a pandemic and sometimes we look at unemployment and sometimes we look at layoff and other times we look at death and sometimes we look at affliction and we sort of doubt and we sort of wonder what God is doing. And, and how many know that sometimes when you allow doubt to come, you can even be tempted to quit? Oh, I'm not saying that you are. I'm not saying that you're going to, I'm just saying that from time to time, quit knocks on our door. From time to time, discouragement comes. From time to time, depression comes. From time to time, despair comes. And someone said, never despair, never despair. But if you do, go on in despair. And sometimes we want to believe, but we have a a hard time believing. But oh, listen to me, Calvary Baptist Church, but just in time, right in the middle of that doubt, right in the middle of that time when we're lacking trust, right in the middle of that time when we're having a hard time believing, all of a sudden, we peer off into the horizon. And you know what? There is a gracious, and a loving and a wonderful God who sends his glorious wagons to come and encourage every one of us. And by the way, may I say, it's not just any wagon. God doesn't send just any wagon. It's a divine wagon. Personally, I believe this. I don't believe these were ordinary wagons that Jacob saw. I don't. You know what, if, if, if President Trump and his motorcade were gonna come through Statesville later today, you would not expect to see the presidential motorcade come through in Kias and Hondas. Now don't take offense to that, if you've got a Honda, it's a great car, if you've got a Kia, they're wonderful. But I'm just saying that if it came to the presidential motorcade, you would not expect to see them in a Kia or a Honda, or a Toyota. And by the way, I believe that when, when Pharaoh sent these wagons at the favor of Joseph, I just have to believe in my heart that these were not ordinary wagons. I believe these wagons stood out. I believe that when Jacob saw them, he said, Man, that's not an Israeli wagon right there. That's not a Hebrew wagon. That's not anything like I've ever seen around here. That's not a Kia. That's not a Honda. That's a Cadillac right there. But yeah. Oh, Yes. When God sends his wagons, they're not just any wagon. When God sends his wagons, they're supernatural wagons. They're amazing wagons. They're astounding wagons. When God sends his wagons, they're gracious wagons. They're they're wagons that abound with the blessing of God. And how true that is. Man, I read this a few weeks ago and God began to speak to my heart in such a powerful way. Can I tell you about a few of those wagons? That sometimes God... Sins our way. In that time when we're down, in that time when we're discouraged. In that time when old smutty face comes and gets on our shoulder and says, oh, aren't you pitiful, aren't you terrible? I mean, you're, you're having so many problems and God doesn't love you and God's not fair and I wouldn't go back to church and I wouldn't serve Jesus. And, uh, and right about that time, thank God, there is a God that sends his wagon to come and encourage you and encourage me. What do you mean, preacher? Well, how about this? How about the wagon of provision? The Bible says in Philippians chapter four, verse number 19, but my God shall supply all your need according. Yes. Oh, somebody better bar the door, brother. I'm telling you what, I'm getting ready to come out today. It's a, I can feel it welling up inside of me, and and sometimes I just got the can't help it, brother. I'm just telling you, sometimes I just can't help myself when I get the opportunity to take about twenty or twenty-five minutes and just brag on him and brag on his greatness and brag on his goodness. And and I, well, what a, what a privilege to come and just tell you how great our God is. He's wonderful. He's amazing. He's stupendous. He's a he's a great God today. I'm talking about the God of provision. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask according to the power of the work of the night. Matthew 6, verse 7, but when you pray, Use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. How many know that our God is an own time God every time? Man, just when it looks like everything's gonna fall apart. Just when, it looked like, just when it looks like ends are not gonna meet. Just when it looks like there's no hope. Just when it looks like things are falling apart all of a sudden in the horizon. I see a wagon. I see the wagon of provision. I shouldn't even tell this story, but I gotta tell this morning. I think about, I think about that secretary who was sitting in the church office And all of a sudden she got a call one day and she said, hello. And she named the name of the church and and the voice on the other end said this. He said, I'd like to speak to the head head hog of the trough. And the secretary said, excuse me? He said, I'd like to speak to the head hog at the trough. And she said, sir, if you're referring to our pastor, uh, then you might want to refer to him as reverend or pastor. But she said, you'll not get anybody when you say you want to talk to the head hog at the trough. He said, all right, well. He said, I was just going to donate $10,000 to your building fund. She said, hold the line. The big pig just walked in. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know what? Did you know that God can take care of your needs? Did you know that God can provide for you? I'm, Boy, I'm so thankful for that wagon of provision. I how many times, you know what, when, when we were just beginning at Calvary Baptist Church and, and wondering about how God, God was going to provide, and yet we watched as God graciously sent his wagon of provision. you got to understand something, that, that 29 years ago, uh, and there's just a little handful of people in here th- this morning that were here that, that time back, and, but 29 years ago, this place was a lot different. Now, don't get me wrong, it was great. It's been great from the first Sunday. And, But it was different. I mean, when we first started at Calvary Baptist Church, there wasn't a whole lot going on here. wasn't a whole lot of people here. And first first Sunday, uh, we were at Calvary. There were four cars in the parking lot, and ours was one of the four. And now, Miss Ann, I see Sister Ann sitting out of here, and she can tell you there just wasn't a lot coming in financially. And I can't tell you the weeks and weeks that Ann and I would talk, and she would say, "Preacher," uh, and by the way, we didn't pay our bills late. We paid them on time, but we'd have to lay bills to the side. She'd say, she'd say Preacher, I'm going to pay this bill this week, and we don't have to have this paid until next week, so we'll lay these till next week, and when the money comes in, we'll pay those bills. And, I mean, that's just that's how we live. That's how we survived. And we prayed, and we wanted God to do big things, and I'll never forget. I'll never forget, as a young pastor at a a church, you know, a Calvary Baptist church down here in the old building, I'll never forget one day we lifted up our eyes and we saw some dust in the horizon. We got a phone call, said pastor, said, "Uh, there's a gentleman in Union Grove, North Carolina, and he has made four churches benefactors of his estate. We're gonna have a meeting over here at Grassy Knob Baptist Church and we'd like you to come. and, And so we went over there and, they talked about the specifics, and just a few weeks later, a man knocked on my door down. Here we lived right beside the church at the time, a little double wide, and a man knocked on my door, and he came in and handed us a check for $21,000. You say, preacher, $21,000, that's not a lot. Oh, I want to tell you what, to us, it was a million bucks you, you got to understand that to a church that's just that's just, deaf, just barely getting by and barely breathing, that $21,000 is an amazing miracle from God. And this is all I'm saying. Boy, thank God that in our down times, God is faithful and God is gracious to show up just when we need Him to. Man, we've watched it time and time again, haven't we, Calvary? This is just testimony time. Time and time again, we've watched God as God sent his wagon to Calvary Baptist Church. And we thought, what are we gonna do? And all of a sudden, we looked over in the horizon. Here came another wagon. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting in California, Los Angeles, California. Uh, Sunday morning, I get a text in California, one of our church folk, and they said, Pastor, did you know there is a for sale sign? On the property right across from the church. I said, Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. no, I'm sorry. I said, Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. I said, no. I, I, I don't do. Ch-ch-ch-ch. And uh, my wife does. Ch-ch-ch-ch. I do. Ch-ch. And I said, no, I didn't. A few minutes later, I, my phone dinged again. I looked at my phone and it was another church member. They said, Pastor, did you know there's a for sale sign? On the property, right across from the church? And I said, no, somebody texted me. No, I didn't know that. And uh, I said, thank you for letting me know. And uh, I believe. And then later that night, we were sitting at Lancaster Baptist Church and my phone, I felt my phone vibrate. We were already in the church, felt my phone vibrate. And I looked at it and it was the real estate agent. This is the truth, folks. I don't even know how she got my name. And I definitely don't don't know how she got my personal number. But she texted me, and this is what she said. She said, Pastor, I'm just letting you know that the land across from your church is for sale, and this is what she said, but it won't stay that way long. I said, thank you. I appreciate that. And I said, I'm in California. I'll be back in a few days, and we'll, we'll, we'll follow up on it. By the time we flew from California back to North Carolina, by the time we got home to North Carolina, someone had already placed a bid on the land. You had it work out, preacher. You're sitting here today. You're sitting here today, and then a little bit later, God sent another wagon, and we were able to get this other other a property beside us here. And little by little by little, you know how God has sent wagon after wagon after wagon after wagon. That's all I'm saying. Don't be discouraged. Don't despair. Don't get down. Don't quit. Because thank God there is a God who just when you need Him to, He'll send that wagon your way. I remember one Sunday morning, we went down here to the old church getting ready to run our bus routes Sunday morning, and when we climbed on the buses, there were $100 bills taped on all the bus steering wheels. I'm just telling you, man, we, we, we saw God. We saw God show up so many times. I mean, it is just amazing how God sends his wagons. My wife and I just here recently, you know, just like everybody, man, it was just a, it was a tight time. It was a tough time. We had a little situation come up in our uh, in our uh, our life, and and it cost us a little bit to get it fixed, and uh, and and things were just things were just tight, a little tight. And we watched as God just opened up the windows of heaven, and literally sent wagon after wagon after wagon. Hey, we gotta we gotta go on the wagon of provision. Number two, the wagon of protection. The Bible says in Proverbs 21, verse number 31, the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Deuteronomy 1.30 says, the Lord your God which goeth before you, he shall fight for you. I'm talking about the kind of protection where you know that it only could have came from God himself. And how many knows that, boy, well, God can send his protection in a lot of different ways. It may be a cloud by day. It may be a pillar of fire by night. It may be hornets. It may be manna from heaven. It may be an angelic being, as in Hezekiah's day when the Assyrians rose up against Hezekiah and Judah, and God sent one angel, and one angel came and killed 185,000. That wagon of protection. I thought about that story that I heard about the missionaries that were on a foreign field. And I, I can't remember exactly what it was that happened, but the, but the natives got stirred up and they decided they were gonna kill. They were gonna kill all the missionaries. The missionaries had gotten word of it and they all, that night, they, they all gathered in the main mission's house for safety. And, uh, uh, but in the black of the night, they could tell outside the windows there was movement. And those natives, little by little, those natives moved around the house as they got ready to take the lives of those missionaries. Of course, the missionaries were scared out of their minds. But they met together in that mission's house and they began to pray. They began to ask God to watch over them. That God of safety, that God of protection. And you know what? Just over in the horizon, all of a sudden you could see a wagon coming. The missionaries looked out of those windows and little by little they watched as the natives begin to disperse. They began to go to their homes. Later down the road, some of those natives were led to Jesus Christ. And those missionaries brought that story back up and they said, you remember that night when, when, when the tribe got uh, so upset and they, they encircled the mission's house and they were gonna kill us? And, and the natives said, oh yes, we remember. And they said, we watched out the windows little by little as y'all dispersed and went away. And they said, why did you not kill us? And they said, oh, They said, as we encircled the house, they said, you know what? When we saw all the soldiers, we were frightened. When we saw all those glowing soldiers around the house, we were frightened and and figured that, you know what? This is not a fight that we want to fight. You say, oh, come on, preacher. That sounds like something out of a comic book. No, not out of a comic book, out of God's book. How many remember the story? How many remember the story over in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse number 17 where the Bible says that Elisha's little servant gets up in the morning. He goes over to the window, and the Bible says the armies of Syria have encompassed the the, the house. And he says, oh, alas, my master, alas, my master, how shall we do? He said they've literally encompassed the house. Remember that story where Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the Bible says that all of a sudden God lifted the spiritual veil or the physical veil off of that servant's eyes. And the Bible says the mountain was full of chariots of fire and, uh, and the forces of God were there and God gave them a great victory that day. What are you saying? And I'm going to bring this thing to a close. But what are you saying? I'm saying thank God every once in a while God sends his wagon of protection. When we were in Bible college, we, we studied a missionary by the name of David Brainerd. David Brainerd was an, American, uh, was an American missionary to the Indians. And they hated David Brainerd. In fact, one night they decided they were going to come to his little, and it was just a little shanty of a house. And they decided they were going to kill the missionary. They crept up to his house and they peered in through the window. And as they looked through the window there, that great American missionary was on his knees. He was pouring his heart out to God. And those Indians thought, perfect time. We'll, we'll, we'll break into the house and we'll we'll finish this missionary off once and for all. Just as they were getting ready to do that, to do that, as they looked through the window, they noticed that a big rattlesnake crawled in through a hole and into the home. David Brainerd had no idea. As the rattlesnake crawled into the home, the Indians watched and they thought, well, our gods are gonna kill him for us. We won't even have to bother with him. They watched as that rattlesnake crawled over the feet of David Brainerd and then turned around and slithered out the same hole that it came in. And those Indians said, you know what? If there is a God, that can protect this American from the rattlesnake, then we better not lift our finger to hurt him. What's your point, preacher? My point is sometimes God sends the wagon of protection quickly. How about the wagon of answered prayer? First John five fourteen says it like this, and this is the confidence that we have in Him: that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him, the wagon of answer prayer. I'm gonna be honest, church. I'm just cutting, I'm cutting uh, illustrations out. I don't have the time to give them all to you. But I can tell you this, in 29 years, Brother David, we've saw this wagon many times. in fact, I'm not just saying this because I directed my attention to you, but I see David Dreamer down here in the audience and I already had this in the outline. I remember many years ago when David had just gotten saved. He got saved up in Virginia. Came home different. You know what? If anything as big as God ever moves in, it's hard to keep it a secret. And David came home different. And Ms. Dreamer noticed, she noticed there was a difference. She was still lost. They found Calvary Baptist Church and started attending Calvary Baptist Church, and God was definitely beginning to do a work of grace in David's life, and yet Dreama was lost. She was lost. She came for weeks and weeks, lost. And I remember our church prayed. <laughs> Hallelujah. I remember our church just started praying and just started bathing that situation in prayer. And asking God. We were so thankful that God saved David, and we're so thankful that God sent him our way, but we began to pray that God would would God would get a hold of Dreamer's heart, and God would save her, and I'll never forget. I'll never forget that. that till, I believe it was a Wednesday night, and, and we preached and gave the invitation, and that night, Miss Dreamer stepped out of the aisle, and she walked, uh, walked forward, and that night, gave her heart and life to Jesus Christ. What are you saying? I'm saying this, and I don't know if I'm saying it good or not, but I'm just telling you, thank God, there is a God who every once in a while says sends his wagons to let us know he's there. The wagon of answered prayer. How many remember? Boy, you have to be one of the old timers here to remember this. Years ago down here in the old building, we had a little couple walked in one day. Beautiful little couple. Elderly. Their names were Clarence and Maggie Caps, And uh, they were in their 80s. And it was uh, J.R. and Marie Spees. It, it was Marie's parents that uh, J.R. founded the church down here. And, uh, and so J.R. and Marie moved the Caps closer to them so they could sort of keep an eye on them. And they started attending our church faithfully. Just the greatest little couple. Mrs. Caps. Well, yeah, how many remember Mrs. Caps? Yes, some of you do. Prim Proper. Not a hair out of place. I mean, every Sunday man in her Sunday finest. You know, her Sunday finest. And, and, and by the way, Mr. Capps, same way. Just, just the, the epitome of a gentleman. And, uh, and so they had come for several weeks and I thought, well, we need to go visit them. I'll never forget, Brother Dewey Hefner and I. We loaded up in the car and we rode up here to see Clarence and Maggie Capps. We had a great visit. House just absolutely immaculate. Not a... I mean, just clean, you eat off the floor. Great visit. As we're getting ready to visit, the Spirit of God said, Son, aren't you going to ask them about their salvation? Have you ever tried to carry on a conversation with somebody while you're having a conversation with the Lord? And so I'm talking to them, but in my spirit, I said, Oh, Lord, they're saved. Can you not tell they're saved, Lord? I mean, look. And the Lord said, Hey, son, are you going to talk to them about their salvation? I said, Lord, they're saved. I'm in mean, good night. If anybody's saved, these folks are saved. They're saved. Well, the Lord finally won that contest. And so I thought this is the full, most foolish question I've ever asked. But I said to Mrs. Capps, Mrs. Capps, <laughs> can I ask you a question? If you died today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? Oh, yes, pastor. Oh, yes. Just is so sweet. Oh, yes. And, boy, she took us back to the time and the place. And I thought, Lord, that's what I thought. Then I said to Mr. Capps, Mr. Capps, how about you? And Clarence Capps looked back and said, no, Pastor. I'm not saved and I don't think I could be. You know what? For the next few weeks, for the next few months, when we began to pray for Mr. Capps' salvation, we prayed and prayed and prayed and he didn't get saved, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and he didn't get saved, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and he didn't get saved. But you know what? The people of God just kept on praying and kept on pouring their heart out to God. And guess what? Hallelujah. Guess what? Mr. Caps got saved way up in his 80s, way up in his 80s. And right before Mr. Caps went to heaven, myself and one of our assistants, we both got in the baptistry together. We picked him up in a chair and brought him down in the baptistry. And we baptized that man. And just a little bit after that, he went to heaven. Now you say, Pastor, what he taught me? I'm talking about the wagon of answered prayer. But let's bring this thing to a close. But there's also the wagon of his presence. The wagon of God's presence. The psalmist said it like this in Psalm 1611. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures for I'm done. But how many know every once in a while? Every once in a while. He doesn't do it all the time. But every once in a while, God shows up. Just to let us know, I'm here. And sometimes it's the honest times, isn't it? I was coming home the night in my truck. I was by myself. I was coming home, Is it night? Man I plugged in some nun sisters, and I was playing that song, "Wonderful, Merciful Savior." And all of a sudden it was like going down the road about 45 mile an hour, the door opened up, and God said, "You know what? Can I get a ride?" and God sat in the pastor's side with me and I'm telling you the spirit of God got so real in that truck I mean brother it was so thick in there it was all I could do to stay on the road I just about had to just pull it over because the presence of God was so real and I'm so glad that every once in a while when we're going when we're a little bit down when we're a little bit discouraged all of a sudden that wagon of his presence shows up and he tells us hey child I'm here I'm here for you don't worry I've got this And he does. Thank God he does. Several years ago at Calvary Baptist Church down here in the old building, several years ago we had a revival. Many of you were here, you remember that. We've never had a revival like it since. But you know what? God showed up. The presence of God was so real in that revival. In seven days, in a seven-day revival, 21 people came to Christ. 21 people got saved in a seven-day revival. You say, how how real was it, preacher? It was so real that one service lasted almost 11 o'clock. Some of you were here, you remember. 11 o'clock. Oh, you said, wow, 11 o'clock. Wow, that's terrible. No, it wasn't terrible. Nobody wanted to leave. I mean, literally nobody wanted to leave. I mean, listen, I mean, the service would end and then we'd go out in the parking lot and there was a whole congregation out in the parking lot. Nobody wanted to leave. You say, why? I'll tell you why. Because the wagon of his presence showed up. This is not a deep message. It wasn't intended to be a deep message. But it was intended to do this, I believe. If you're here today and you're discouraged... Maybe you've got your eyes a little bit too much on Fox News or CNN, and you got your eyes off of the Lord. Can I just remind us today, thank God there is a God, and every once in a while, just when we need it most, he sends a wagon. Man, what a God. Father, we thank you so much for this time we've had together today. Thank you for the wagons. Lord, thank you that just in time, when we feel like we're going down for the last time, thank you, Lord, for sending your wagon. God, it could be there's somebody here today that needs a wagon. It could be there's somebody here today, Lord, that needs to get their eyes off the burdens and get their eyes off the problems. And today, Lord, they need to lift up their eyes. And start looking for the wagons. God, I pray that you'll have your way in this invitation. And I pray that you speak to every heart. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Can I ask just a question or two? Folks are coming, folks are making their way to the altar. If you're here today and you say, Preacher, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm born again. I know that I am saved. If that's you this morning, with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just slip your hand up very simply? Just slip it up and take it right back down. Hallelujah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Let me ask a second question though. I wonder if there may be one here anywhere right now you'd say, Pastor, if I died right now, I'm not 100% sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? You'd slip your hand up right now. Let me pray for you. Just raise it real high so I don't miss you. Is there one? Would you let me pray for you? Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me? You'd slip your hand up. Is there one? Can I pray for you? Would you do me a favor? Let's all stand around the house today. Our hands are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Thank the Lord the altar's filled. But maybe there's others that ought to just slip out and come today. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Maybe you're here today and the devil has tempted you to quit. Maybe the devil has tempted you to go back. But today you'd come to an old-fashioned altar and you'd say, Lord, I'm going to hang in there. I'm waiting for the wagon. I'm waiting for the wagon. I'm waiting for that wagon of provision or answered prayer. you're here today you say pastor i have been saved but i've never followed the lord in believers baptism why don't you come today and make yourself a candidate for baptism we're going to be baptizing very very soon you're here today you say pastor we're not the member of a good bible believing bible preaching church but we feel like it would be the will of god for us to join this family we're going to pause just for a moment it could be that there's somebody here today and say, Pastor, I'm saved, but it is high time that I rededicate my life to Jesus. I want God to use me. And Today I'm coming for rededication. I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. What about it? We're going to pause just for a moment. You come today, all right? Amen, I love it. Folks are praying with one another. If you need to come, the altar's open. I'm going to make my way to the main floor, and if we can help you today, I want you to come.